garage with phonetic and brains. Yes, easy bro. Good to see you, mate. Before we go any further, just remind me going forward, I've got to do a festive edition of the jingle for the next episode. I, will I was thinking get a few, few sparkly jingly bells and some tubular bells going in the background or something just to Christmas it out. I, I can hear it already. It's going to be phenomenal. <laughs> anyway, I am Brains live from the Brains Cave. I am Phonetics in my brand new studio over here. Oh, moved out of Gotham City for very, this one. Very, very snazzy. I'm loving the, <laughs> the guitars on the wall. There's no trumpets though, mate. Where's the trumpets? There's no trumpets. Yeah, yeah. No, they're in a box under the desk. I'm yet to <laughs> unpack, but we'll, we'll get there. How you doing, man? What's new? What's new? You seen any 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 new Garage DJ themed OnlyFans springing up recently? No, no, not yet. I, no? I, I, <laughs> I don't, I don't um, hunt them down. I, I didn't realise there was a... <laughs> Lies. A you plethora. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> as if I've got money to waste on OnlyFans, I've got to spend it all on tunes, mate. I, God. For sure, for sure. I don't know, yeah, yeah, I don't know who's got the money to be paying people for... Uh, that's, that's, that's a gassing topic for another time, I think. <laughs> yeah, completely. Garage and OnlyFans, where does the intersection happen? Oh, my God. Um, yeah, windy. Lots of wind. Go oh, blimey. Oh, it's been mad. Yep, yeah, bin went mad, everywhere yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> typical British you know weather old. thing, right? You know. you know you're getting old when you're moaning about the wind. Well, yeah, you yeah. know, it was just... <laughs> it turned out my house was going to come down yesterday. Um, anyway, it's been a banging month for music, as always. Um phenomenal tunes coming out i reckon we should just jump into it mate what do you reckon yeah agreed agreed had the same battle as always trying to whittle it down but you know got there so uh so let's kick it off <sighs> and let's be totally shameless and start with one of my own because you know why would i not so I'll, I'll introduce it i'll let it play and then i'm, I'm gonna have to just let you do the talking on it because otherwise i'm gonna sound like a right prick sitting <sighs> and digging myself up <laughs> <don't I? laughs> that, that sounds that sounds kind of backwards on it but let's go for it all right introductions <laughs> away then mate <laughs> this is a tune uh by, by myself and laura alice uh which is available now on Nuvolve. it's called be okay to that one all the way to the end if, if, uh, if I was to, I was eh? very much enjoying your head boffing mate I like this, the kind of side to side one that's my favourite of the bunch <laughs> that's why um, that's the, the Saturday Night Live thing isn't it the what is love anyway yeah. um, mate, I, look I, I love so you've, you've collabed with, with Laura Alice you can hear like there's a definitely a little bit of a different spin to the to the usual vibe you're bringing um, I, I'll be completely honest this song's been keeping me going um uh, let me explain. Um, if I'm when I've been stressing out, literally in my head, I'll start hearing it's gonna be okay. That's no lie. Like literally, uh, it's been kind of keeping me going when 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 shit's been getting a bit grim for me recently. Um, oh so, man, I'm so uh, pleased to hear that. That's, that's, I know it's a bit of a random one. Um, that's not me just like blowing smoke out your ass. Uh, legit, it's um, it's, it sticks in your head quite clearly. You know what I mean? Um, great work, mate. Great work. You you and Laura brought it to the table on this one. 
I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad you. I'm glad you identified that because obviously, like it was. So we, we did the track a while back now, and um, obviously the the vocal hook and like the the ethos of the tune was specifically that because we were come, coming off the tail end of the lockdown and everything. Do you know what I mean? And like it's just been a really shit couple of years, isn't it? And it was like, let's do a tune that's just like, look, it's going to be okay. And uh, so actually, to hear you say that, that that. Warm, warms my heart, mate. Warms my heart. It's all good. <laughs> how's, it, how's it been received so far? It's been a bit of a mixed bag, actually. That was like one of the things when I, when I kind of shortlisted it. I was like, oh, it's definitely an interesting conversation to have. I mean, early on, um, got to big up the BBC because they picked it up. It's a funny one, actually, because um, Laura and I were talking about submitting it for, for introducing. And, um, and Laura's had a lot of support this year from introducing. And, uh, and I sort of said, oh, you know, you don't, don't, don't leave it too late because obviously stuff takes a while to work its way through the system. Because I, I know like in the past when I've uploaded things, stuff takes, um, you know, maybe a couple of months, two, three months to kind of work its way through. The law preemptively did it over the summer and, uh, and the BBC immediately picked it up and started playing it. And then we were like, fuck. It's not coming out to November, so she kind of had to go to go to Nouveau with her with her tail between her legs and go. Really sorry, I fucked up, but but luckily they were really cool about it and they were just like, nah, all publicity is good publicity. So uh, got to big up the BBC because they they I mean Jaguar played it on the uh, on on Radio One and then um, props to her because she then went and shortlisted it and basically sent out a message to the uh, the network just being like, this is my this is my tip going forward. Um, so it basically just got spun up and down the country uh, on the BBC network and all the all their little regional stations, which is which is fucking cool. I've not had that kind of level of support with anything by the BBC before, so that was nice. In terms of like the actual the scene, as it were, I know you hate the phrase the scene. Um, <laughs> yeah, the support's been a bit kind of hit and miss. Like certain people have got behind it. You know, I've seen seen you playing it, and obviously Impact's been spinning it, Merlin as uh, just the usual cats, really. But like. In terms of like the the upper echelon, some of the bigger names, it does, doesn't really seem to have turned the heads that we maybe anticipated that it might have done because it's kind of got that feel good throwback vibe. Um, but I don't know, maybe that's just uh, you know, in terms of topical, what's working right now, the bass heavy gritty stuffs kind of the in sound right. So maybe it just kind of falls outside of that. Um, Sales wise, I've seen it creeping up the uh, the Beatport chart, so it's it's presumably um, doing okay, which is which is good. I think it was nineteen last time I checked. Can't grumble at that. Happy days. It's not number one though. Come on, guys. <laughs> You'll get there. You'll get there. I'm sure. <laughs> I, uh, I suppose it's, it's weird. So, have you been seeing a lot of that kind of bass heavy stuff? Is what's what's the main kind of focus at the moment? Then seems to be. I mean, I did. Um, I, I don't know if you saw. I actually name dropped you in that uh, an interview me and Laura did with the um, 909 Originals, and they were asking, um, you know, if there was one specific sound that seemed to be kind of resonating with the ravers at the moment and and i think they also interviewed scott diaz and he said pretty much exactly the same thing that we did which was that you know like there's a lot of different avenues to garage at the minute like obviously garage house is kind of popping off um i see like my my kind of little jazz step niche is, is doing okay and kind of has like a little tight fan base that are really into it but like in terms of the wider club scene and a lot of the stuff, I mean, I, like admittedly, I'm not in clubs a lot myself these days. I'm too fucking old and tired to be doing that. But like, all, like when I do go to clubs or if I do see videos on social media, the stuff that appears to be getting the people bopping is always the really wobbly, gritty, bass heavy 4-4. And it's almost, um, it's stuff that I almost wouldn't put in the garage bracket. I hate, I hate that whole like, oh, this isn't garage thing. So I don't want to sound like, like that, but um, like it's, it's kind of drawing quite heavily on on the bass stuff, uh, and I think AC Slater and Night Bass are, are at least in part responsible for that. Um, 
to their credit, because fair play to them, is, is kind of mixing it up. I know we we talked about Night Bass right some time ago, and we were discussing Culture by Hans Glader, and we were like, "What's an American bass label doing putting a two step tune out?" And then off the back of that, like Opidan, Badger, like there's just been a plethora of, of young talent from the UK that's kind of made garage that's kind of tailored to that sound, and, and it's shaping something a little bit different out of the scene. And and uh, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's just um, yeah, it's it's kind of taking garage off in a slightly different direction it's it's interesting it's interesting well i, mean, I think that's why I, I i call what i play now garage and bass like i don't say you i, I hate the phrase uk garage because it's global you know um yeah for but I, I always try and say garage and bass and the bass part i always classify as that kind of more lengier sound um you know just the, the what used to be called northern and then is obviously mutated into those kind of savage lengy bass tunes uh and but they tear clubs off. It's like when you're when you're out on a yeah. night out, you've had a few juices and you, and you've dropped a few few bumbles. That, that, when that when the big drop happens, that's going to set you off, isn't it? Um, so I totally get it. For and, sure. For and sure. I, I only wish I was young enough to be living that life still nowadays. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, yeah. from from my perspective as as such a diehard fan of the scene, I have no issue with that with that base heavy stuff. Uh, and like you, you're absolutely spot on there that like especially some of the ones with the really big builds and they've got the nasty gritty bases when they do when they when they do drop they really kick um i think i'd like to see a bit more of a, a sort of um a mixed bag um you, you know i think if i was if i was playing out a bit more often then I, I would be looking to kind of mix it up and have some of those but then equally be trying to spin some of the soulful stuff in between them as, as like little fillers do you know what i mean because i think the, the, the thing that garage has to its to its its benefit and as an advantage over other genres is that it is such a mixed bag right the garage umbrella is so vast that there are things that almost don't sound like they belong together and it's really it's almost only the tempo that kind of keeps stuff relevant to the scene do you know what i mean but i love that because it stops things getting boring and i think it's just a bit of a shame when you get the djs or that that go along and, and then kind of own in on the one particular sound i mean that's their prerogative fair play to i'm not going to criticize them for doing it I just think it's a shame that, that, that as a result of that um, brilliant music that doesn't necessarily fit within that small niche part of, of Garage then gets overlooked. Do you know what I mean? So um, I'd like to see uh, maybe 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 this this bass tear out stuff getting mixed up with some of these bumpy four four vibes and some two steps. That that would be in an ideal world. But maybe I, I think I'd I'd like to see a jazz step night where this stuff is intersecting with jazz step. That's where I think it would be a better cross section <laughs> rather than going the other way to the more savage. And then you've got a, a room full of connoisseurs um, and it's just a different audience, maybe. I don't know. It's, it's about just yeah, for sure. w- w- who your audience is, right? Um, crack, cracking stuff, though, mate. Out, out on New Volve again. Just smashing it up. Um, Appreciate yeah. the plug there, mate. Well done. <laughs> you know. And, and, say, and if, and if see... you're wondering where you can get it, phonetics.co.uk will take you everywhere you need to go. <laughs> hey. And, uh, and yeah, and big, and big up Laura Alice as well. Um, say, smashing it, mate. Collabbing. Um, we're, jump, we're jumping on there yeah, <laughs> he's keen it, he's keen <laughs> that, that was uh that was my earpiece just doing its own thing so i apologize for that uh, that oh, was I, a, that, I, I assumed that was your first selection and i was just like oh shit like he's just hit it, play and skipped on <laughs> it, it is actually my, my first selection and it's because tapping it makes it go play i apologize for that we're gonna go we're gonna go <laughs> into the first selection um so this one's out on garage shared uh and it's an artist out of japan known as kayo and the track is called Ghost. Let's go for it. Ghost. 
I mean, there's a there's a lot going on there, right? Um, the, the, the the intro, that little it's like a little glitchy kind of Friday the Thirteenth chop up of the sample as it drops into the the next part. Yeah. Um, that, smart, great stuff. Um, it's very jazzy, piano, lovely. Just it, it's a nice combination of chilled sounds. Um, so yeah, I just I've, I've really enjoyed this one. It's probably been uh, my my favourite over the past month, and yeah, out, it's out on Garage Shed, and it's a great 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 get. Um, say Kaio straight out of Japan, and he's been uh, he's just been slowly bringing out more and more banging tunes, and this is kind of his pinnacle at the moment. So big up Kaio for for this big one. Up, it's really beautiful. It's really like, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there. And there were certain things like those little glitchy bits and like the way that the the, the vocals are chopped. Um, there are there are tells that identify that that's a Japanese production, right? There are certain things that the Japanese producers have a tendency to do. Uh, and it's really nice to see that kind of interspliced into Garage in the way they do it because it's, it's really distinctive. It, it's got a real nice... Uh, real nice way that it's put together um, yeah it's just a great track it's really uh, you know it goes back to what you were saying before when we talked about like the mature stuff it's like a gro- real grown up take on Garage um, and I could sit there and I could listen to that all day just yeah it just makes me feel good it makes me feel all warm and fuzzy I like it I like is this on, it. Is this on your Garage step list? I'm pretty sure it is, but I am going to go and double check that after the show to make sure it's not one that fell by the wayside. I think I put it on there. If I didn't, I fucking should have, and I will do. That's, that's normally uh, the, yep, this one's on the Judge Dev list already. I'm like. pretty sure it's, I'm pretty sure it is. I'm pretty sure it is. It's nice to see Garrett Shared picking up on that kind of thing as well. Big up Garrett Shared, because um, that falls, I don't know, I don't know if it's fair for me to say that falls slightly outside of what I would normally expect to hear from Garrett Shared. It's like, I heard it and I was just like, ah, I wasn't expecting that. And it was like a pleasant surprise. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, they do obviously hide caliber two-step stuff and and they support a lot of the southern artists um and but they have been going out there and looking for talent kind of globally and they've obviously snatched up kyo for this one but yeah you're right like yeah. stuff like coming from like badger and aduki uh they're all kind of more traditional two-step and say high quality not this just kind of this is a more chilled mature vibe like we've said so yeah yeah well they've we, got some they've yeah. got some jazz step out at the end of the week as well just yeah. Really? Just I wonder men- who, the, just, who just, the artist yeah. is that's doing that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be too shameless about it, but I would just say if you look on phonetics.co.uk, it would it would take you to where you need to go. That's becoming like a stock phrase for me. You haven't got a catchphrase, we need to get you one, mate. <laughs> uh, uh, I just I don't know. Just, just slowly crying can be my catchphrase this week. I don't know. Um, nice one, man. Do you want to introduce your your next banger? Well, hopefully my next tune will not make you cry too much. It's got a real nice feel-good vibe to it. So interesting that you mentioned actually about Garage being global earlier, actually, because I've got three selections this week. One of them is obviously from right here at home. Uh, This one is straight out of New York, and I've got one from somewhere else later, which we'll go into. Uh, But straight out of New York, Matt Carey and, I don't know how you say this, Hien, Hien? Matt Carey and Hien with a, a track called Move to the City, and it's available now on Stay Bad. Shit's too big to 
How wicked is that? I mean, you're going to need to use your, your master tempo button to get it sped up because it's, oh, it's like 122, 123, but like the, the vibe is, you know, it's, oh, it's spot on. It's got these, this, I don't know if you can hear now that it was synth bits. Those little synth bits just kind of made me think disclosure immediately. Do you know what I mean? It's like they've taken some of the best bits of Garage and fused it with a really, really kind of soulful chord progression. And it's just got a funky bass line, a wicked vocal, and then that little MC who kind of does a question and answer with the female. Like It's just all round, like the arrangement and everything is just really nice. I'm not sure, like, I don't know how well that would work in a club, going back to what we were saying. I don't think it's really well suited to, like, your your typical garage club night these days but like i know full well that like when i'm doing a jazz step night that's the kind of thing i'm going to be dropping in do you know what i mean and it will fit beautifully amongst the kind of thing that i go for uh, and yes before you ask it went straight on the jazz step playlist <laughs> <laughs> of enough. course why would it not um I, w- I really was not expecting it mate like the way that it dropped it come out of nowhere for me um yeah i, I didn't know what was coming and the fact that you said it was american as well like their sound can sometimes be a little bit different like they're kind of doing garage but not really doing garage so yeah, yeah. It, caught, it caught me off guard mate um wicked wicked selection you've said a lot about it um the the the, the, the mc doing a bad snoop dog is is probably the only thing that i'm, that I'm a bit not sure about that like but it, but like it he's needs, doing a bad snoop dog it needs that little yeah yeah i mean it needs that little contrast to the female vocal for it to work right like it like i feel like it's quite um yeah, it's distinctive. It's got character. Well, I, I guess I guess you're either going to like that or, or hate it. It's like a Marmite type thing. I quite enjoyed it, but equally, I can see the point you're making there. Oh, I, I, I'm not saying I completely disliked it. I'm just saying it sounds like a bad Snoop Dogg. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, great find, mate. Great find. Um, I'm definitely copying that one for my next show. Um, awesome stuff. Let's. Um, should we roll on to the next one? Uh, the next one, indeed. The yeah. next one is. Marmite o'clock is, I suppose, is the only way that <laughs> when when I when I first heard this, I kind of messaged Rob and was like, "What is this piece of shit?" Um, and it's really, really grown on me. So uh, let's just play it and see how it goes, isn't it? This is the fresh one from Hans Glader. Uh, this track is entitled Autumn.
When that drop came, when I first listened to this, I was like, what has he just done to that tune? It's probably the smoothest two-step you've ever heard in your life. And then suddenly you feel like you've got to take your shirt off, oil up, and then fist pump to the sound of the bass line, you know? Like, it's German techno. Um, but it, And then I listened back to it, and it's what's even weirder is the conversation that we've had today. It's like a kind of splicing of the super smooth uh, two-step sounds, but then it's got the, the club thumping going on on the drop. So it kind of meets both the criteria to get the niceness in the club and then the drop when the, the bass line's going. And it's like... It's like, he, it's like he had a premonition and heard what I said earlier and did it in <laughs> advance. Yeah, yeah. That's it. He done, sure. he, he, he's, he's time-travelled, listened to this, gone back, made this tune. It made, it's, perfect. it's the only explanation. Um, but yeah, so it's like... when I, So the two-step's so amazing. Like, the... The bass, the, the samples, the sound, everything's phenomenal. Um, and when I was listening to it, I was like, oh my God, he's done it again. And then the drop put me off. But then when you drop it in the context of a garage set, works brilliantly because the two-step comes in on the mix. So the mix sounds wicked. And then suddenly it drops hard and then that's it. Like, it, I swear it only works in the context of a set. Just listening back to it now, even when it dropped, I was a bit like, oh. The drop's a bit like just flat, just sitting, listening on its own. But in the context yeah. of a set, it, it works really well. And uh, that's why it's kind of Marmite for me. And and I had to talk about it today because of that, the, just the, 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 the weird merging of sounds that he's done. Um, I was I was so so shocked to see it on your shortlist today because <laughs> you were so passionate in your message to me about what the fuck is this uh, to then then see that you had turned around on it that much. It's just like ah, oh, it's going to be an interesting conversation. I mean, I I didn't um, I liked it the moment I heard it. I, it uh, it's got those those typical hands glader tells about it and like you say it's smooth as fuck and and i immediately liked it i love that little vocal hook and i like the way just before the drop he's got like the vocal hook pitched up ever so slightly do you know what i mean it's almost like an answer um it got that that bit got right into my head um i wasn't too sure like much like you said i wasn't too sure like the the bit towards the end of the track and i think what put me off more than anything was the volume and it, this sounds really pedantic so sorry hands but it's the volume of that snare towards the end is just like a little bit too much for me. And even listening back to it then, it, it still grates on me a little bit. Uh, but all round, in terms of the way it's constructed, uh, it's almost like a journey, isn't it? Like you, and, I, and I get what you're saying about like in, in, in the context of having it in a set. I'd be interested to hear that in a club because I think it's the type of track. And there's a, there's a lot of tracks that we do discuss on here where arguably you can't really appreciate them until you hear them on, on a club system. Right? I'd, be, I'd be intrigued to hear that. Uh, what strikes me about it is, is a bit odd, and I think I, mess I, I, I mentioned this when you messaged me, I mentioned it in, in reply to you, was 
It's available on Wub Club, right? On a is it Wub Club World or something? Yeah, Wub, Wub World out? Volume One, I think it is. Yeah. Wub World Volume One. Like it's a real standout in terms of its styling compared to everything else on on that album. And it's not to say that it's oh, it's better than the other stuff on the album because that's purely subjective, right? But it it objectively. For me, in my perspective, and I'm not criticizing Wild Club in this, it sounded a bit out of place almost on that compilation. And I don't know if why that's why, like you, like you identified, it kind of goes into that kind of wobbly four four kind of section towards the end. If if that's kind of the the segue, I don't know. Even listening back to it, then it still sounds a bit out of kilter with the rest of the compilation. So that struck me as like a little bit odd. Uh, equally, like if he comes to you with a track that strong and you're not going to say no to putting it out there, are you? So Mate, like, they I'm glad they found one. a way. They knew they put it. I'm glad they one. found a way to, to get it out there. And, and yeah, having it track one, like you say, that's the first one people are going to listen here when they, when they click to preview the release. Right. So, so maybe it's going to sway a few people, but um, top, top marks as always for hands. I'd like some clarification, please hands on, on how he got as good as he is. Right. Cause I, I looked into hands a little bit. Right. And, and, I know me and you, last time we discussed him, I think last time we discussed him in detail on the podcast was when we played Culture, right? And we identified the rhythms in that, like the percussion, how kind of creative that was. Um, and I think if I recall rightly, when I did a bit of reading on him, he started off as a drummer, right, at a young age. So that explains why his percussion is, is kind of quite creative in the way, like the rhythms he uses and stuff. Um, but I, I, don't, I mean, I don't like to try and age people. I've seen pictures of him. He doesn't look that old. And he's so fucking good. It's almost frustrating for me. <laughs> it's almost frustrating <laughs> for me to go to listen to it and go, how did he get this good? I'd, I'd, love, to, I'd love to know like a little bit more of the backstory because as best I can tell like from what I've looked at online, he's fairly enigmatic in terms of the, the information out there that's available about Hans Blade. I'd like to know a bit more about his story. So We need to um, get him on air, it sounds like. Yeah, I'd, that'd be a good... It'd be a, I'd, like, I'd like to just sit down and ask him a few questions. I had some minor interactions with him on, on social media and that seems like a nice enough fella if you hear this hands please give us a bit more background because like just i mean this year he's done some like every, every time we we talk about hands gator tune we're just like fucking out it, it just blows me away absolutely he's, he's just, he's i'm gonna stop gushing i'm gonna stop nuts. gushing now i'm gonna stop <laughs> i'm gonna stop gushing now <laughs> all right well then let's move on to the next one if we're worried about gushiness um you're really excited about the next one and i am too i am to excited about, about the, right, I, I i listened i heard this and i just chanced across it i didn't really know i hadn't heard of uh, like claude claudilia right I, I i was familiar with that name because i think she did something on the voice uh and, and i know she's got a fantastic voice so I was intrigued, but I, like I, did, I don't necessarily associate her with Garage. Um, the artist on the remix is called Bass Trick. I'm not familiar with him. Didn't really know what to expect. Clicked it, shit a brick, and immediately thought, oh my God, I have to play this on the podcast because I want to see Greg's reaction to this. Um, I've listened to it on loop since then because it's, it's fucking brilliant. And I'm going to stop talking and, and, and play I'm, it. And I'm, I'm worried because there's a lot of pressure here for me to react to this I, properly. Well, I'm worried. I'm worried I've overhyped it now because if you don't react with one of your trademark head bobs, I'm going to look like a right tip. Uh, this is Claudelia with a track called Habanera. Uh, it's the bass trick remix and it's available via Orchard US.
How bro, good is that? How good Vo. is that? Bro, fucking Vo. <laughs> My God. I didn't expect it to go 4-4. That was a surprise. Mate, it's so creative in the way. Like, it, it starts two-step, and then it's got that breakdown, and the little flamenco guitar comes in, and that makes you go, oh, right, cool, it's going down that route. And then it drops, and then it's, it's got that little vocal cut on the drop, which threw me, and then the bass kicks, and it's, oh, oh it's just... And even, like, as you, as you progress through, like, the way he spliced little bits of the vocal in there, and, like, those little sort of retro rave stabs in there as well. It's just all-round fantastic. Here he goes again. Oh. Love it. A random whistle love it. just in there. <laughs> <laughs> I mentioned before, actually, like, because obviously you said about Garage being international, and obviously we've done, we've kind of moved around the globe a bit already. Um, so this guy, it's so a bass trick, is French. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, which, and, and he's uh, apparently typically known for trap. So I don't know, like, how deep seated his roots in like, the kind of, like, this kind of bass heavy 4 4 thing is, but it's, it's a fucking brilliant offering. I, would, I, want to hear I would never ever have called France on that. I wouldn't have even called Spain. It's like it sounds like you could probably call Spanish because they got a bit of the Armen breaks in there, but never French. Wow. Yeah. Uh, what, what do you know where he's from in France? What part? Just frontier. Uh, <laughs> let me have a look. Let me have a I look. Don't, don't have to put you under pressure from that. I always wonder because my favourite Frenchman one two three MRK is out of Marseille. I always wonder what the right. scene's like down that way. Um, but yeah, mate, what what a what a what a find! Where is that? Was that a Spotify release radar, Jobby? No, it wasn't. That was a uh, that's a Juno one. It was a, I was just browsing the new releases on Juno, and it was one of the very last ones I got to. And if and if I'm honest, I was a bit um, jaded by that point because there was a few that really hadn't enamoured me. There was a few that I was just like, "This don't belong in the garage section." Oh, uh, what's this shit? Clicks in it. I went, Fucking <laughs> hell! All right, I retract that. That's great. Um, so let me let me look. I'm just looking him up on Spotify. See if there's anything in there about whereabouts in France he is from. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm I'm keen to hear more. I'm I'm chomping at the bit for more. Let's All have right. that. I'm, I'm, uh, he's dark, get... distorted, and downright French and fresh trap bass producer and DJ Bass Trick is enlisting the next generation of bass heavy allure. Born and bred in France. Oh wow! Doesn't say. Doesn't say that, whereabouts. That local in area of France. <laughs> He's got. I noticed. You, you know, when you go on a Spotify uh, profile and it tells you where the listeners are from. So he's got quite a big fan base in Los Angeles. He's got quite a big fan base in Paris. So that might suggest Paris. Uh, it says here at the bottom, bass trick has sent a barrage of crowds into frenzy at Lollapalooza in Paris in 2019. I don't know. Maybe he can hear this and, and give us a shout. And um, yeah, I've got, got some well, new fans in us. I think anyway. I right? Definitely, um, <laughs> this instant follow on SoundCloud, and uh, got to check the back catalogue for that one, man. What what a find! Um, all right, how are we doing for time? We're about thirty-five minutes in. Let's go on to my last pick. Uh, and I've got to work out how to play this one because it's six minutes long. Um, <laughs> uh, so I've I have picked a genre surfer is the only way that I can kind of describe it uh, it's probably not 100% in in the garage kind of realm uh, but it's it's out of Sydney and it is by a guy called Friendless uh, this is a track entitled Rush
I, I, I love it. It's just a little genre surfer. Um, yeah. It's obviously it needs a bit of pitching up if you're playing it out in the garage set. Um, but yeah, a rare kind of housey pick from me. Uh, so friend that's out of um, Oz, and I get I get promos from the label that it comes out on from them regularly. And normally it's just all a bunch of weird kind of commercial stuff that's not my bag but this kind of come through and uh and my ears pricked up uh the vocalist is called shay savage uh maybe savage if we want to go posh i don't know and uh, and i just really <laughs> liked it it's just it's got it's yeah it, it it hovers on the house garage line and it's just a, it's a really nice vibe that, that, that and that's my why it was kind of my wild card pick but not in a kind of savage way as it may usually be yeah. apart from the vocalist who's oh, called shay savage <laughs> I was very much enjoying that. Like lovely, um, like really interesting kind of chord progressions. And, and I've noticed that with a lot of like the Australian artists, they use some really interesting um, chord progressions. I don't know whether that's like a cultural thing, if that's deliberate, or they, they just, just seem to be quite creative. I, I often think it with the Angus Green stuff as well. He's got really interesting um, chord progressions in his tunes. Uh, but no, really, really, uh, yeah, I was really, really liking that. It's quite kind of, after listening to the last one, it's, it's quite kind of harmless, isn't it? It's not going to take anyone's head off, but it's... It's nice, and, and you can you can definitely hear the inspiration, like a, 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 a range of inspirations in there. I can listen to that and be like, oh yeah, I can hear that they're obviously a fan of X, Y, and Z, uh, and they brought it all together nicely in, in a way that just, yeah. I mean, my head was going the whole time; still is now. Like that. Is that that's B Rich Records, right? Yeah, that's the one. B, B Rich Records. That's that's them straight straight out of Sydney. Uh, nice work. I, I like it. Good pick, man. Yeah. Cheers, man. All right. Let's uh, enough of that then. Thank you, thank you, Miss <laughs> Savage. Shall we? Shall we round it up with with our final in uh, the rest of the best, oh, as yes. it were? I was I was about to jump straight into Forgotten Gems, but no, yes, best of the rest. I, first. I, I understand uh, why same, it's same. excited. Why are you excited for that? We've got some bangers <laughs> today, but yeah, let's go for it. One, <laughs> one for one, all yours. Uh, I have Soul Mass Transit System with a track available on Instinct UK called Wine. Uh, it's just retro, nutty, speed garage uh, with bass that takes your face off and I fucking love it. Nice. I've gone with a artist called Fraxy and it's a tune called Eden. It's a bit of a wonky, weird one. Again, just surfing, surfing genres, uh, probably at 125. Uh, check it out. Nice. Uh, next up, we've got Baker with On My Mind, which is available now via Big Boy Beats. We've talked a lot about Baker on here, and this is possibly his best offering yet. And the only reason I didn't raise this one on my top three was because obviously we only talked about him relatively recently on the show. But it's brilliant, uh, and I would highly recommend you go and check it out now. Fantastic work. Big up, Baker. My next one is by a couple of veterans. They are called The Veterans, and this track is called Candyman. Veterans is uh, two two longtime scene heads, Juice Man and Ricochet, uh, and this is their latest bass-heavy stuff. They've been putting out some top-quality bass. Uh, check check this one out, man. It's a it's a savage one. I have learned today. I did not know that. There you go. Um, next up, I've got uh, the MPH remix of Dreaming by Rootkit, which is available on Bitbird now. Uh, it's standard MPH goodness, lovely, feel good, bumpy, bass heavy 4 4 vibe, uh, flawless as always. I've gone, my next pick is Changing Phases once again. Just these guys, high calibre. Um, the, their latest track, Never Leave You Alone. Wicked uh, UK garage, as always, kind of doing that funky house versus new school garage vibe. Absolutely love it. Changing phases are in the running, you know, as one of the top acts of the year for me. I, they've been consistent 
with you know consistently releasing quality stuff uh, and i love that choice uh, next up i've got uh, love in my heart by dan t which is available now on sunday flavors uh, it's a real good slice of feel good for for um garage house um yeah it's a sunday flavor as as the label suggests and it just makes me smile without fail bit for the vibes I've gone for a pick with Daffy. Uh, this is off of this special series volume two album. Uh, the track's called Settings and it's kind of uh, breaky, breaky bassy goodness. Uh, check, check that bad boy out. Uh, I've got the new tune from Kells, which is available on 440 now. It's called Stay True. It's a lovely blend of sounds and uh, real creative arrangement. Really can't recommend it highly enough. Uh, it went straight on my Justin playlist and I've been listening to it on loop the past few days. Large up 440 each and every. Um, I've got another genre surfer in, in my next position. This is Snake Hips. They're a little bit commercial. Um, but they've released a tune called All Over You and it's sampling 702, you don't know. And it's it's just really, really nice. It's, uh, again, riding that line between garage and house, but done really, really well. And, uh, and yeah, I've really enjoyed it. Check it out. Snake Hits. Um, next up, I have Gold from Sensor, uh, which is available on Steppers Club. Sensor uh, is is brilliant. He's, you know, he's, he's been on fire. Uh, in recent times, everything he puts out hits the nail on the head, and this is no exception. It's a, a sort of retro throwback stepper, as you might expect on Steppers Club, uh, but just a real nice vibe to it. Highly recommended. Mate, Sensor has been underrated for for a good few years. Wicked, wicked producer. Agreed. Yeah, agree with that. Uh, I'm back with Offa Dan. Uh, this one's a, a freebie, and she has done a remix of a remix. She's rehashed uh, Friends Within's Renegade Master rehash to put her own garage bass spin on it. Uh, and it's wicked. Uh, freebie from Offa Dan SoundCloud, I think, somewhere. Check it out, grab it, play it, spin it, and be happy. I'm, guess- I'm guessing I probably won't be able to find that on Spotify to add it to our playlist, so I will substitute it for something else by Offa Dan. It's not like there's a shortage of brilliant stuff to choose from, so we'll find something. Definitely not. Uh, next up, I've got uh, four X Cameron Bloomfield with Going Nowhere. It's the Selector remix. Uh, Selector, another one who's you know, always consistent. Uh, I think when you give him a good vocal to work with as well, it really brings out uh, the best in him. And, he, and he's laid down some really nice keys on it. It's the keys that really grabbed me from the get-go with it. Uh, but all in all, it's just a, a solid production across the board. And um, yeah, another one highly recommended. I've definitely been listening to that one lately. So Lex always getting the thumbs up from me, mate. So last one. He's back again. Mr. Para. Shooting stars. Just what what can you say about this tune? Um, just the samplage again, on point. Para's done it. it yeah. Wicked. I, 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 I don't I can't give it any kind of sentence that will give it justice. You have to listen to what this guy's done <laughs> to this tune. Wicked things. Big up para. I think that's it. Good stuff. Oh, that that's a solid little selection of, you know, garage is good. I think especially this time of year ga- is always a good time for garage, right? Because like, like like we identified last time, all the labels panic and go, ah, no one buys records in December and January. Let's release all of it now. And you end up with just like an influx of brilliant stuff. And it's, it's a strong time for garage anyway. But especially the end of this year, uh, I'm feeling good about it all. And uh, yeah, so, keep them coming, lads. So and for, ladies. let's forget about this rubbish new school stuff. <laughs> let's 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 have some some memories of uh, of years past. Um, what's your pick this uh, this show for the forgotten years? I've 
I've been itching to pick this one for, for my Forgotten Gem for a while now because there are two tracks that really stand out to me from the history of Garage that I would say are my favourites. Uh, one of them I identified the other month when we were discussing Para, which was uh, the, the one with Robbie Craig, if, if you really, uh, tell me, if you really love me. Love that track. Uh, this is the other one. Uh, it takes me right back to 2006, uh, being at Herbal uh, for the Prolific Club Nights, which uh, was MJ Cole's club night for anyone who missed it. Um, it was pure vibes, and this track is just the epitome of that. This is the MJ Cole remix of Hello There by Cage Baby, which was available as a joint release between Prolific and Southern Fried. And I'm going to shut up and let you enjoy it now. was out i remember thinking this is such high caliber music how is garage not on anyone's radar right now you know what i mean yeah uh, yeah yeah absolutely absolutely and it was such such a good remix i mean overwhelmingly across the board i think if you did a survey of garage heads on who the best producer or who their favorite producer is i think it's probably safe to say that mj cole would be the name that would crop up most often over the years right and i think this this remix is a prime example of why because when you listen to the original and i don't want to rag on cage baby because obviously like his vibe is completely different to garage when you listen to the original and then listen to this you go how the fuck did mj cole get to that from the original because it's so different i mean like the original cage baby version doesn't really even have a hook there's no there's no chorus on it and mj kind of took that oh yeah bit and and kind of do you know what I mean? Stop playing with my heart. Made it into like a little hook. Uh, it's genius. And it's got all of those those trademark MJ tells. I mean, I think the thing that made me fall in love with it above anything else is that that high-pitched whiny synth uh, that sounds like it's pulled straight off of, of, of the, the track with Jill Scott. I can't remember what the... Perfect, it sounds like perfect pitch, right? It's a similar kind of synth line to that. Uh, but it's just... It's one of the one of the few tracks that I can listen to that I can I could dance to. I mean, I have danced to it many times at Herbal. Uh, actually, I, I can sit here and I can appreciate it to the level. And I don't want to sound like a soppy bastard here, but it brings a tear to my eye. I've literally sat here and like that tune invokes that much emotion from me that it, it brings it brings tears to my eyes. And I can't say that about a lot of garage. I can say that about a lot of music. I can't necessarily necessarily say that about a lot of garage tunes. But that track just takes the the nail and just fucking hits it so hard you can't even see it anymore do you know what i mean it's just just lovely across the board it, i i mean i can't say much more than you have mate uh, one of the favorites of the prolific lot that came out I, I mean was there any kind of bad eggs in that era from prolific I, you know I, I don't know whether i could pick one they were they were all smashers um, it's true and, yeah it's true 
I think, I think if any of them, if any of them didn't quite hit the mark without sounding negative, it might have been so damn into you for me personally. Uh, I felt yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt like that was lacking a little bit, but then by design, I think that was supposed to be a bit minimal. Um, but yeah, that aside, I, th- I think <laughs> yeah, yeah, with you, like as, as a label, if I look back in Garage and pinpoint which labels had the strongest repertoire, uh, prolifics right up there because it was. You know, always solid, wasn't it? And this tune's even got the little four-four switch for you in there as well, which keeps you happy. <laughs> I think, I think that I think, honestly, I think the four-four switch up in that track is probably solely responsible for why I do the four-four switch up in so many of my tracks. Because oh, I really? remember play, I remember opening for MJ Cult, prolific one, and I remember playing that track, and it was when that track first broke, and it was really big. And I remember like the just the way it gets things moving when it, go, it switches from two-step into 4-4 four, four, it's got that breakdown and, and unless you've heard the tune you're not expecting that 4-4 four, four bit and it it's just so slickly done and I remember like ever since then like every time I make a two-step track I end up going right I need a 4-4 four, four switch I just can't help it just can't help it <laughs> Uh, I mean, it's a great pick, mate. I'd, like, I'd, I, you've gushed over it plenty, before, plenty enough for both <laughs> of us, I guess. Um, yeah, I've got, I've got real fond memories, and it just, yeah, instantly takes me back when I hear it. It's a, it's an awesome, awesome tune. Um, thanks for the memories, MJ Cole. Um, I get, I, I guess let's let's wind that one down, and we can step step into the next pick. Um, this was another guy. Uh, the, the next pick is, you know, what, let's play it, and then we'll talk about it after. Um, the next one was out on Qualified Records, so you can probably guess who the artist was. It was Qualified, <laughs> and this one is entitled See the Light. That song was just so much fun to mix. Like the way that it just progressively came in when you got it in the mix and each of the different parts of the tunes just layered on top of each other and then the vocal cuts start coming in. It just, it was just so much fun. And then just when it drops, it just gets you going. I mean, I mean so Qualified had some wicked tunes out around the Lost Years. And I remember when, when I first heard of Qualified, 
Well, when I first heard of Qualified, I heard of him when I was on London Underground way back when, and it was everyone like, oh, Qualified, he's a producer, he makes music. I'd never heard any of his stuff, but he was kind of like one of the main names at the time. When I was on radio, it was Qualified was the guy that was doing things because he was making tunes. And then I remember he'd done like some remixes, like he remixed Baby Cakes, uh, he remixed Sambuca for the Wide Boys, um, and he kind of got this... Um, I think he got a bit of a, a stigma of being a bit of a bad Todd ripoff, which wasn't necessarily fair. It still had his, his own kind of take on it, but it was very, it was very similar to Todd. When the Lost Years started and this tune dropped, I think he progressed into having his own sound at that point. And this was kind of like a stake in the ground to say, no, we're moving on now. This is qualified sound and this is what I can do. And I, this was one when I come back to, to DJ and I think this was one of the first tunes that I bought. When I when I was like right, what's going on with new score again? And just it was it's been my favourite ever since. I I can't count the number of times that I've played the vinyl of this one. Absolutely love it. And uh, again, just awesome memories of of the lost years. Agree with everything you said there. Yeah, it's difficult to really add much to that. I mean, I I, I we we talked about qualified before, and I think I would struggle to pick a favourite because there was this. Uh, there was Just Being Fooled, which just had a beautiful vibe to it. Uh, there was Give It Up as well, which was just so tough. He definitely, like you said, he definitely in those last years had a really distinctive qualified sound that you could just pick out a qualified recordings release from a mile off. Uh, and this 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 track right here that you're playing is the epitome of that. Um, uh, yeah, like you say, it's the arrangement that really makes it. I think it's the way it builds and the layers come in uh, and then those little vocal cuts, like at each break. Uh, it's got a little, you know, too slick kind of like those little <laughs> subtle bits. And when you're chopping and you're cutting, you can really do stuff, do stuff with that. Um, qualified is, is a, you know, he's a ledge as well. If, you, if you've never had a chance to chat with him, I'd highly, highly recommend touching base with him because he's a cool guy. Uh, I think that kind of comes across in, in his tunes because he definitely has his own distinctive, distinctive approach to garage, right? Um, and I love the way that those, those tunes are kind of soulful and bumpy, but they're really tough as well. Do you know what I mean? When you listen to this, and there are other ones that are better examples. And actually, I think like the Lost in Space mix of this was like quite a bit tougher. But like, it mm-hmm. just had a real nice approach to kind of blending all the best things about Garage. Uh, and I think that's why he kind of gained so much traction and built such a good rep- reputation for himself in those years. Um, I just like to hear some more. Where, where did you go, Matt? Come back. <laughs> Come back. We need more. I bet he's got a whole shitload of music sitting on a hard drive somewhere. He's waiting to unleash on the world. I think he mixed it up quite a bit. From my conversations with him, I think he used to make, like, obviously, we talk about Qualified and we go, like, Garage Producer, but, you know, he was making stuff that wasn't Garage before, and I, and I dare say he's probably making other stuff that isn't Garage um, in, in the years that followed this as well. Um, in fact, there was one that, the name of it escapes me, there was a, a collaboration between him and somebody else that sampled, I think it sampled a Ruby De Silva track, and I can't... I can't remember what that Ruby Silver track was called, but it was on the verge of charting at one point, and I remember being oh, really, really excited. And, I, and then I don't, I don't know what happened, but I think I don't know if the release fell through or if there were some issues with clearance. Didn't end up happening. I remember being gutted for him, um, but alas, I go off on a tangent. See the light, great track, great selection. <laughs> really enjoyed that. Listening to that just then, exactly just as much as I enjoyed it the first time I heard it, and I think that speaks volumes, doesn't it? Yeah, um, completely, completely. It's yeah. it's nice. It's uh, uh, it's nice to hear it because because I'm so used to hearing it in the mix. It's nice just to hear it on its own as well, you know. Yeah, just, just take the time to listen and appreciate. It. That's the thing. That's the thing with DJing. Like you don't necessarily take the time to sit back and appreciate the tune as a whole, do you? No. Um, so it's really nice. Not. To, it's nice to get the moment to just yeah yeah break stuff down like that. For sure. So that was fun. 
Let's um. Should, should we go into our, our our gassing section of the cast? Um, uh, we've got an interesting topic you brought up. Uh, one, I, I I refer to it as Johnny One plays, um, <laughs> and uh, that's probably more of a dismissive turn that I I would call a Johnny One play a song that I know I'm only ever going to play once. Um, I guess your your issue is is that every song is becoming a Johnny One play. For sure, for sure. It's something that gets banded about on social media a lot. And I saw that um, Big Man from from Point Blank uh, posted up a status uh, about Garage in general the other day. And this was one of the things that kind of came off the back of that. It became a bit of a talking point on Facebook. There was a lot of people going back and forth with differing opinions on it. Um, But it's, it's a real, yeah, it's definitely a thing. And it's definitely been a thing for a long while. And I don't think it's specific to Garage. Uh, I, I don't want to criticise anyone or come off negative kind of highlighting it. Just an observation because, uh, you know, the, 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 the point of the status originally was like, what is garage? What is, what's holding garage back? And this is a, a, a topic of conversation that I remember being banded about on Uptown as back as like 2003, 2004. You know, we forever were debating this. Uh, definitely one of the things that plays into that is the fact that the digital era and music having less monetary value in general terms arguably makes it more disposable because you aren't paying seven or eight quid. You know, when I look back to, to my vinyl days when I was buying vinyl, I remember paying 14, 15 quid for a tune. But I was damn sure going to absolutely rinse the fuck out of that tune because I'd paid that much money for it. Mm. Um, if you're paying 99p, sometimes 79p for some of these tracks, they don't hold that same, there isn't necessarily that same thing inside you that's going to make you be like right i've got to fucking hammer this track uh but moreover than that i mean I, I i i don't part of it obviously is the value the monetary value part of it is also the fact that there is just such an expanse of fantastic new garage around that arguably there wasn't once upon a time uh and i know i don't want to sound hypercritical of you because you dev you definitely are one of the, the people that falls into the category of playing a track once and then moving on and i get it because there's so much good music at your fingertips that's accessible to you that you want to showcase. And, and that's admirable, right? That's admirable. I get that. And I, I, I applaud that. And I listen to your show specifically because I'm like, oh, what's he playing this week? I want to see what the next thing that you pull out. And I love your little random wonky wild cards. Mm. Um, that's, that's what it's all about, right? That's what, what being DJ is about. It's about discovering new music. The only problem with it is, is that there are people like you, and that is like your, I don't want to say USP is the wrong phrase to use, but that is like your MO, right? Like you are known for being a DJ that plucks out new tunes that tries to to, to break new things and, and you're, you're looking to expose new music. And essentially that's what we do in the podcast as well, right? So, you know, it is what it is. Equally, there needs to be a balance. Uh, and I'm not saying you need to change your MO. All I'm saying is that there are a lot of DJs whose MO isn't to kind of solely play new music. And yet in spite of that, they play a track once and then move on. I think what we need is a balance of people that are trying to break new music but we also need DJs that are going to rinse tunes to, to maximum effect. Because I could count on one hand probably the amount of DJs that I listen to um, who I know are going to play a tune week in, week out. And like people like Big Man and people like Impact spring to mind immediately. Like it, it, Impact is the first name that springs to mind because he will, he will play a tune for months on end. I mean, there's been tunes that Paris sent him in the past year. Uh, there's been tunes that I've sent him in the past year and, and uh, Beat Demon Beats and, uh, and Shadow of Light. And he'll play them for uh, literally week in, week out for three or four months. And that is the, the main difference between Garage in 2021 and Garage 
Well, that's, 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 that's the thing that carries over from back in the day. Do you know what I mean? Like the, 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 the DJs back then, like if you look at like shows like the Dream Team, right, they used to rinse a tune, they would absolutely hammer it to get it into people's minds, to get it into the forefront of your mind. And that's how classics are made. And, and I think for a long while, a, a large section of, of, of the garage demographic has failed to do that. And I don't want to sound like I'm sitting here on my fucking pedestal criticising everyone because I get it. Like I said, there's so much music coming out. As a DJ, you want to kind of discover new stuff. I'm not really sure what I'm trying to say. I'm not really sure what I'm trying to say the way forward is. I just feel like there needs to be some kind of collective agreement that we're going to kind of get behind tracks because I've, I've sent i've had people say things to me recently like even about be okay which we started the show off right merlin played it on um kane fm this week and he said this track is quickly becoming a classic that was the exact phrase he used and and, and, it, and it, it made me think it made me smile because i was thinking like we were going to have this this top this topic of discussion on gassing um he identified that it is it, quickly becoming a classic for him, he's identified that it's obviously got the potential that he believes it could be a classic. But I can tell you now it won't be because in a couple of months' time, everyone's forgotten, on, forgotten all about it and moved on to the next thing. And, and it's, it's just, it's indicative. A, in, in one sense, it's good, right? Because the fact that there is enough higher quality music coming out that that can happen is a good thing. Equally, and I identified this in, 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 like in that interview that I mentioned you in to 909 Originals, it's just a shame that there is stuff that is so high calibre that is flying under the radar like uh, even, even looking at this year some of the tracks we flagged on this show like um all right by sammy Vergi, like spend the night by mph they they have the potential that if you took them out of 21 and you dropped them into the late 90s early noughties they could easily have become classics. They could have crossed over. They could. They would still be getting played now. But this time next year, is anyone going to be playing or talking about those tunes? They'll be long forgotten. Uh, and I think there's a large demographic, a large chunk of the, the of garage producers that are. And again, I'm not criticising them, but they're producing. Their work rate is so high, it's become the norm. And I think this also kind of piggybacks off of what I was saying about music being disposable. It's become the norm to put out several tracks a month and I, I don't want to name names because i don't want to seem like i'm bitching about anybody but there are certain producers where their work rate is so high they put out so much material that i personally do not have time to appreciate one release before the next release comes out and that's a real shame for me because i know those guys are solid producers and i know there will be tunes that they've put out that i would damn well love but i never get the chance to damn well love them because by the time by the time i've kind of come across that release another three or four tracks have have kind of come out so i think there are two issues at hand here there are the fact that djs aren't playing tunes more than once and then there are there's the fact that labels and producers are bombarding with DJs to music to the point where they're unable to. And I don't know how in 2021 you kind of take a backward step and get away from that. This is a, a conversation piece that I've debated with multiple people. I was talking with Dom Scott about it recently uh, and he was saying about how, like, how ridiculous it is that you have to put out that much material. And he was saying, actually, like, I think there's merit in putting out less material but just making sure that you're working with a label that is really going to hammer that release and really make a point of that release. I'm not sure that it's that simple because I think the labels have a, just a harder task on their hands as anyone else does of trying to market themselves and their music. I think you're just kind of up against it these days. I, I, I sat down the other day, right? And I mentioned to you before in an earlier podcast, I've been so active this year in terms of what I've been producing, um, stuff that I've engineered, stuff that I've remixed. I reckon. And a ballpark figure, 
I've put out over 50 tracks this year. Um, there's 52 tracks, there's 52 weeks in a year, right? So when you put that into context, that's fucking mental. And like back in the day, it's ridiculous. You, you wouldn't have to do that back in the day to get by, right? But you, it's almost like, I feel like in order to stay relevant, it has become a necessity that your work rate has to be that high. And that's just a crazy position to be in. I was talking with, with one of the labels I worked with recently about one of my recent releases, which the label thought was really strong and kind of didn't sound a million miles from a previous release that we put out over the summer, which did, big, did quite, some quite good numbers. And they were like, I don't understand why, this, why that release just, just went by the wayside. Just, it, it, was, it was there and then it was gone. Um, but the, just the level of music that's coming out and, and the fact that people aren't getting behind it in the same way just makes it almost, uh, it's just, it's, it's almost like an impossible uh, Rubik's Cube to, to solve. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I, Do you know what I mean? I it's don't, a, I don't know the one. answer to it for sure. It's, it's, um, it's a new world. It's a, it's a new kind of um, landscape for, for music. I mean, back, way back when, when I was like in my, you know, late teens, early 20s, I, I was skint. And when you're paying seven, eight quid a time for a vinyl, you can't buy every single thing that's ever come out. And I remember going into like the record shop, Uptown Records mainly, and I'd listen to like pretty much everything that's on the shelf. Like I, I get to the point where he's like, I've, I've, you've listened to everything. And, and I know because <laughs> I, I know that I had to pick tunes that wouldn't be Johnny One Place because I didn't have the money to keep buying music. So I needed to pick a song that had longevity. Um, and sometimes that would mean I'd pass over songs that other DJs might have been playing at the time, but but purely my pocket couldn't afford to keep up with kind of the trend. Um, and, and, but also, you had less to pick from back then. I mean, you know, Garage was a genre and it was one shelf of music that was changing from week to week, but it, it, it's nothing like the volumes we've got now. The ability to constantly self-publish um, and, you know, make music in your bedroom, uh, mix it, master it, ship it off all yourself if you was talented enough, which plenty of people do, uh, it, it means that the, the landscape becomes not just the people that have managed to break through and get releases on record labels or self-release because they've put the work in. Anyone can do it now. And, and it means that you, you've got just all of this talent getting heard that wasn't getting heard before. And like you said, there's just, it means that there's so much music out there. Um, I think house music probably suffered from this more during the vinyl days. Like I remember seeing my housemate who I lived with way back when who was a house DJ and he just had like a rack of vinyl and I knew that he was barely playing some of them because there was just so much house just constantly going out because it was such a more widely accepted genre. To be able to pick out kind of the classics from that, it was even more difficult back then and I, I dread to think what the digital kind of landscape is like now and I think that's why you ended up with so many kind of subgenres of house because if you didn't do that, yeah. you wouldn't be able to like slim down what you're playing. And, I, and yeah. I, that's why I kind of try and keep inside my lane when I'm picking tunes. I've got like a very kind of narrow margin that I want to stay in because I know if I went outside to everything, I'd, I'd never be able to pick a, a, a set from week to week. Um, I know that there are DJs that try, like you said, Impact's trying to do it. Um, there's a guy on, on my station, Man Like Dan, who's been a big supporter of me um, for many, many years. And, and I know that he tries to... Um, push tunes more regularly, like and play the same thing every show to kind of get that, keep that kind of momentum, and not just have it as a throwaway track because he knows right this thing is such high quality. You need to give it a bit of airtime. Um, you know, are people doing that kind of in in the in the big leagues? I don't know. I mean, obviously they have to do that for for commercial radio, 
Um, but I like. Does that mean that now we have to do that in in our genre? I don't know. Like it's like you said. I think you probably need some DJs that are doing that as a here are the kind of big ones that we're supporting. And if I was playing out regularly, I know that I'd have to have that sort of selection because I'd be playing it out to a crowd, and it wouldn't it like yeah. you know playing live on a radio show is two different things. But I don't you know I don't play it anymore. I'm, I'm too old and fat, so like it, I, <laughs> I don't get the opportunity to do that. Uh, so yeah. I, Maybe, I also know as well, I know lazy DJs that will rock up, they'll get booked and they'll rock up to a gig with a USB they haven't changed for six months because they just can't be asked. You know, and it could be, oh, well, they're trying to kind of push, keep songs alive and push them solidly. But no, there's also a lot of laziness at that level. So there's, I think there's a massive gap uh, to, to get that kind of curated uh, longevity set, be that live or, you know, in mixes somewhere. But but I don't know who who's the person to fill that gap. It's a tricky one, isn't it? I mean, there's a couple of things that you identified there. First of all, I'll address that point because I, I feel like um, I feel like when EZ left Kiss, that was for me that was a real dark day for Garage. Uh, I always used to like listening to his show, but he was really he EZ was a really good example of someone who found a really good balance. Uh, in in terms of doing this, like, and I, I know like his track selection used to get banded about on Uptown, and people used to say, "Oh, he's lost touch." Blah 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 blah. Ignoring that, right? He he did a really good job of picking out some of the new stuff and doing a weekly rotation where he play new bits. But if he liked something, he would fucking hammer it for months at a time. So to have that, have 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 someone of his caliber on a station of that magnitude of, of Kiss's magnitude every week doing that did work wonders. Uh, for, for those tracks at that time. And I feel like perhaps that's what's missing. And that's not me criticising anybody that is on that station. I, I don't want it to sound, I don't want it to come off the wrong way. Um, but I th- yeah, we're just basically missing like a, like a focal big name who is finding a balance between new stuff, uh, but, but also repping those ones that need repping more than once. It, it, I, I don't know whether I'm, I'm making sense. Yeah, of, no, you're making sense, but he does his new Volve radio thing. So. He's got his new Volve radio show, right? But the new Volve show is, is it, the new Volve show is almost in line with what you're doing. I mean, obviously you're playing a very different selection of tracks, but that, the, the playlist on that, in essence, changes each week. Uh, I mean, you could argue that obviously he usually has a few old bits in there. Maybe, maybe you could swap out those old bits with some of the more recent bits and just play them more than once. You, you, could, you could make that argument, but, you know, he's doing his thing and Uvol's picked up a lot of steam and there's obviously a reason it's picked up a lot of steam. So it's obviously a formula that's working, right? Uh, I just, yeah, I don't know. I feel uneasy discussing it because it sounds like I'm sitting here moaning that people aren't playing my tracks more than once. Where in essence, I fucking am. But it, it's, not, it's not with criticism because I, I, do, I do get that. And I do, you know, and there are, there are equally, there are many tracks by many different producers that are brilliant and need playing more than once. One thing I did pick up on that you said was the, the, you said, obviously, you, you gave the example that you used to go to Uptown and you were buying vinyls and you would only buy the ones that weren't going to be Johnny One Plays, right? Get that totally. Agree with that. I followed the exact same method because, like you, I had a limited amount of money and vinyl was fucking expensive. The issue, I think, the difference is the thing that I'm highlighting here is that there are tunes that DJs are getting that are picking up on that aren't Johnny One plays, but are only getting played once. That's the issue. Do you know what I mean? Like, like a track like 
Just as an example, it springs to mind because it's one of the strong tracks of this year, but All Right by Sammy Vergie is not a tune that you play fucking once. That's a that's an absolute tune that needs to be belted week in, week out for a while. Do you know what I mean? And, and it's just such a shame that that track was so big over the summer, um, but it's almost a thing, it's, it's, it's a thing of the past now because he's he's since had quarantine done, dagger, dagger, he's got the new one out of the MPA. Do you know what I mean? He, he, and, and actually... It's an interesting one. Highlighting Sammy is is a good example because he's I, I respect him massively. So I don't mean this in a negative way. He's not some someone who's been as active as other producers have been this year. Do you know what I mean? His work rate has been a lot lesser than someone like MPH or Tough Culture, for example. Those are, those are two guys who regularly put out a lot of music, and yet I'm still using him as an example of somebody who has put out had to put out more tunes since that big one and, and as a result that tune is kind of in the past you know if you dropped that tune back in the day it would have gone on getting played for years i it's i don't know i feel like i'm going around in circles no, here yeah, and we're, we're not really because i don't know what the, the answer anything, is really. i don't know how to narrow yeah. the answer of it it's so difficult it's, i think because I, I can't see a way how you can focus on these tunes and then it's like it feels like it's like a, a river of music that would just flow over you and you'd miss it all because you're focusing on what's happened before and it's like I, yeah. I, I don't know i'm in such a habit now of like i want to see what's new and fresh and not miss anything that you you, you just get into that habit of of not playing it again and you're right it's like like the, the hands glade a bit from from earlier in the year on uh, on night base i've only ever played that once on radio and it's one of the greatest streams of all time you know like yeah. I, but then if like the last um live-ish set i did i did um uh, oh, for Hoot Nanny Brixton, I went down and did like a web 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 stream thing for them. But and because I'm not doing a radio show, it allowed me to kind of pick out like a, a selection of tunes. And it was like the last couple couple of years from that point, I'd picked out all my all the favourites and the biggest and the baddest. And it's those sets there where I start to do replays of of the best things. And I just me personally, I'm not doing enough of those kind of other sets that are not a radio show. I think a radio. For, for me now, a radio show and a live set—they're the—they're the differentiators of uh, whether it's a Johnny One play or you're playing the, the best of the of all time kind of thing. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I even played some old school bits in that, which is a rare one for me. But I wanted to do a kind of full, full yeah, mate, Mister Brains, Mister Brains. It's got to be how done. Could you? How can I, how can I do a set and not drop Todd Edwards as I am? No, one joking. of my favourite tunes just of all time, you. you know, like. <laughs> um, just didn't expect you to say it was all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it it's, <laughs> you've you've highlighted a point there. You know, maybe I'm focusing too much on radio and not kind of giving enough weight to other sets and club sets. I don't know. I think you know, going back to what we talked about earlier in the show, it's very clear that there are certain vibes, certain little niche subgenres of garage that aren't getting ripped in the club sets, though. So if you're not making that really mainstream. Uh, bass heavy wonky 4-4 that's kind of satisfying the festival and club scene you're making music that's getting played once do you know what I mean it's it's almost like and you you mentioned when you were talking about house with the different subcategories of house and I don't want to say that this is the way to go because I hate pigeonholing things but it's almost like garage might and this is this is obviously going to be a contentious thing to say I'm fully expecting people to at me it's almost like garage might benefit from splitting into little sub brackets or at least being listed in different sub sub brackets you know what i mean it's almost like you need like a focal garage site that identifies two-step four four do you know what i mean and, and kind of breaks it all down so that people can kind of own in on, on a certain 
kind of vibe because i mean obviously it's essentially that's what's happening with garage house already right you've got a, a, a quite a, a large group of guys who've kind of tired of all the bullshit and the politics and gone fuck it let's just do our own thing and we'll make music that kind of sounds the way we wanted it to sound back in the day we'll, mm. we'll carry that over and that's what they're doing now and they and they almost exclusively shop on track source and all of the label releases are exclusive to track source and and like track source is like a little focal point so it's almost like track source is kind of geared towards garage house and that's obviously working for them and it, it, it's almost like you need that to be the case but across the board um i don't know i don't fucking know i feel like i'm just sitting here rambling like a like a bitter old man about it no, but no, I, no. I, I just yeah, feel you, like we're missing you and part every of the other puzzle artist here. is going through the same thing rob mate you're, you're saying that you're only getting one place everyone's only getting one place it's such it's such a shame man i mean like like sweet love right the sweet love release with brendan mills and sharice stanley is, is a prime example right in essence, I don't want to go into the politics of it because, long story short, the release got fucked up, so it didn't come out when it was meant to. It's now, for anybody wondering, and this is a shameless plug, but I'm going to do it anyway. It's now coming out on Riddler on the 7th of January 2022, so put that date in, in your diaries and, and, and be ready to spend your coins. Um, but in essence, like we had anticipated it was coming out uh, end of October, start of November, so I did a lot of promo uh, a month or two back sent the track out to a load of people well there was two issues here and one of them's a different talking point which we'll discuss on a gassing topic later down the line one issue was that a lot of djs just simply don't pick promos up anymore so there was a lot of people where i was going look i've got a track here and i firmly believe I, this this might come across arrogant but i firmly believe that sweet love track had we done that release back in the day that would be a classic it would have been a crossover chart success i firmly believe that i think it's strong enough to and i was going to djs going look i've got a release that i think this highly of a lot of djs weren't even bothering to fucking listen or download the promo we'll come back to that on a later podcast the djs that did listen and download the promo big up to to them and you were in that bunch so was man like dan who you mentioned earlier top top fella big up danny um so they they downloaded the track they played it the track's not out till January now, and, and, and that's due to no fault of my own. That's due to no fault of your, your, your you, you know, it's, it's not down to you, so I'm not blaming anyone for that. But in essence, the track got played once, and that's it. And uh, so, so I'm fully anticipating that the release won't be received the way that one would hope it would be received, because what you would hope and what would have happened back in the day is, tune like that, people would have gone, fucking hell, that's a banger. And then it would have gone on their playlist week in, week out for months at a time. I mean, look at Sweet Like Chocolate as a great example of it, right? That was a tune that got played on the underground scene week in, week out for like 18 months before it actually got a fucking release and then still managed to go to number one. These days, like if you, if you played, if, you, if, if I gave you a tune to play, like, if anyone even remembered it 18 months later, it would be a fucking miracle. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's just, yeah. it's just, it's a crazy one. And um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, just while I'm bigging up, while I'm talking about Sweet Love, big up Scott Garcia for spinning it on Kiss the other week because he was one DJ who's obviously played it more than once. And, and, I, and I got a lot of time for that. And I got a lot of time for the exposure on Kiss. So props. Um, but yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's it's a minefield, isn't it? And, and like, like we said, it's, it's a difficult one to know how to solve. I just think like, I see constant arguing and back and forth on social media about like, oh, old school's holding garage back. Oh, these old school DJs, they're not, they're not repping new music. They're holding garage back. Oh, now nah, this is what's holding new garage back. I, there's not one single answer. There's a whole, I, I see a lot of different angles to that argument about why, what things that might be holding garage back. But purely in the sense of what we're talking about here in terms of Johnny One plays, I do see that as, as, as a big piece of the puzzle that needs looking at holistically, you know, 
across across the the board. And that's why I just kind of wanted to to, to mention. Yeah, we, we haven't really addressed it. We haven't come up with any solutions. But if it makes one or two people that listen to our podcast think and they go, "Oh shit, do you know what? He's right. Maybe I'll put, pull out that tune from a couple of months ago and play it on my show this week." If it's a thought prompt, that's a good thing, right? I don't know. I don't. I, know I hope so. I'm round. already sitting there thinking about right. I got to replay Sweet Love whenever that drops. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I wasn't. I wasn't trying to guilt you. I wasn't trying to guilt you. And, and I get it. And, and like I said, I, I I really do get what you're trying to do. And I and I, I admire it in, in going through and picking out and a completely new set list each week. I do, so it's not. I don't want to sound bitter. I don't want to sound like I'm criticising anyone because I'm really fucking not. I just. I don't know. I feel like as a whole and it's it's not one individual it's not you it's not just those djs it's as holistically it's the whole scene I, I think needs to kind of band together and just maybe contemplate how they're supporting things and if there's a better way of doing it but uh, i mean also like if you go back to the analogy of of what happens with house music way back when and what we look like now i mean to punch through in house music you have to spend money you have to spend money on promo and you've got to go to a pr agency that's got a list that's sending it out and you know those promo lists that are, that are run by kind of media to radio soul to soul um listen up like that they, they will get you ears of all of like the top kind of level djs plus the next tiers um and they're more likely to be listened to because they're coming from those agencies a lot of the time uh you know i think they a lot they'll cater to a sound and then a dj when i well that agency sent me this tune before therefore i i might like this one but say you got to spend money, and and it's always yeah. a bit of a, a gamble because you could spend it, and then it could be it could be throwaway. For sure. I mean, is, is it that? I, I get what you're saying. I take that that point on board. I think I think in one sense you're right. Equally, I'm kind of on the fence with some of those those promotion companies, um, and I don't want to go naming any names because I don't want to alienate anybody or, or, or sound like a prick. But like, there are certain ones that send their their, their mail out is is so far reaching. I mean, I could name one that I've been on for the past 15 years, in spite of the fact that I don't think I've actually played in a club since like 2009. And I think that says a lot. Do you know what I mean? It's only recent that we've been doing a podcast. Why the fuck have they been sending me music all that time? I don't, that doesn't actually benefit anyone in any way. I, and, and I'm one of those people that if I want to support a tune, I, I will go and buy it, even if you send it to me. So luckily for them, I will go and buy that tune. But as, as somebody who runs a label and promotes my own music, I'm I'm wary of getting on board with some of those services, knowing that they are sending tunes to that number of people. And I've heard some figures from some of those those companies that they're sending to upwards of two thousand people. It's difficult to sell music in 2021, and I know that it's not all about money. Like we we talked about this at length with some of the topics we've discussed recently. So I'm not sitting here going, my only focus is to make money. But equally, when it's difficult enough to send sell music to people, do I really am I really going to be comfortable paying somebody else? to send my music to 2,000 people who then aren't going to buy it. It's mm. almost like, that's almost like backwards logic. But equally, yeah, I get what you're saying in terms of speculating, you know, speculating to accumulate. It's, it's that kind of, that notion. Um, there's part of me that goes, well, should you have to do that? And, and like, it, it depends how principle-led you are. Like, you know, I was talking with um, Ian at Strictly Flavor recently about like sending promos. And I kind of went into the the issues that I was having that I touched on earlier with people not downloading promos. Um, and we were talking about who you send promos to. And I, and, I, and I said, like, wouldn't it just be awesome if actually you didn't have to send promos? Wouldn't it just be awesome if, if like, every DJ was like you and went, do you know what? I do this because I love it. I DJ Garage because I love Garage. Therefore, I'm going to take the time out of my Friday afternoon 
to look at what releases are around and go and support those releases. That's the dream. That's the ideal world. And I, and I appreciate I'm being idealistic and saying it. But in essence, I kind of believe that's how it should be. It shouldn't be everybody resting on their laurels going, right, what am I getting sent? What can, you know, what am I going to play once and then move on? Do you know what I mean? Maybe if everybody took it upon themselves to browse every release each week, that would impress on them the importance to ensure that they were being really selective about what they were playing and buying and go, right, do you know what? There's a lot of shit around. Um, and I say that with no disrespect intended to any one person. It's just the nature of the beast when you've got a lot of music coming out, right? Maybe it would be, it would be beneficial if everybody was taking the time to go through all of that stuff, pick out their releases, acknowledge what weren't Johnny One plays, and I, and I, don't I mean, know. you've just I don't made, know. It, go full, you've, you've made it go full circle into how I used to go to Uptown. And that's because yeah. I was a nobody DJ that wasn't on any, I wasn't getting records in the post way back then. Well, that's it. Maybe, maybe that's the answer. Maybe everybody needs to be a nobody DJ that isn't getting every tune sent to them. This isn't me saying I'm just going to stop sending you tunes, by the way. <laughs> but maybe that's, maybe that's part of the solution. Maybe, maybe, maybe labels, people making music need to be more selective about who they're sending to. Maybe that forms part of the problem. I don't, just hey, no, there. no, but it happens. Like, so one man I'll call out, uh, Mr. Mike Milrain, uh, bad boy, veteran of all the way back. Uh, I mean, he told me direct, like he just stopped sending promos out, and you, you only literally get all his music from Bandcamp now. But you know, he's got his his stuff is such high quality. The people he signs to his label are, are so good in that kind of genre of garage house that he's on. Um, it'll always sell, you know. Like, yeah, for sure. So, and yeah. he's also he's also got the advantage of of being Mike Milrain, isn't he? He's he's you know legendary status. You, you say that that name carries weight. It's a bit like Noodles with DPR. Um, I, a lot of the DPR stuff is exclusive to Bandcamp as well, right? But like, he will that that will work for them because he's Noodles, because he was part of Groove Chronicles, because he runs DPR. But for for a new name starting out, for you know these kids that are breaking through, that's not the case. They don't they don't have that that outlet. Do you know what I mean? So they can't take they can't go. You're almost you'd almost be cutting off your nose to spite your face to go, well, do you know what? My tunes are good, so fuck it. I'm just going to put them out there because no one will fucking know about them and no one will buy them. So it's, it's almost like you have to give shit away. You're kind of backed into a corner with it. Well, it's, and it's coming full know. circle then. It's when you've got the discovery. You have to listen to all of it to not miss out on this great talent that hasn't been promoted in that way. Is it, say, yeah. it, it, there's, a, there's a whole bunch of swings and roundabouts as, as to why it happens that way and what you're going to miss out if you don't listen to everything and play everything that you possibly can that you like. It's, it's so difficult. It's a real proper minefield. And I'm sure it upsets a lot of producers that they put all of this effort into this music for it to get discarded after, after one go. Um, oh, yeah. man. I, I speak to, obviously, I speak to a lot of producers because I'm a fucking nerd and we're all nerds at heart. So it's, uh, I get on all right with a few of them. And yeah, there's, there's, I'm not the, not the only one who's identified this. I'm not the only one who gets frustrated with it. I'll tell you what is interesting, actually, is that there are certain producers and it would be very easy to scoff at them for being a bit formulaic. And I mean, we talked about a couple of producers that I would potentially put into this bracket who almost are template based in the way they create their tracks and they kind of recycle elements. And it would be very easy to sit here on a high horse and go, well, that's bullshit. You should be creating everything from scratch. But actually, when you consider this topic, when you consider how frustrating it is to be churning out music and knowing that it's only getting played once and then people are moving on to the next bit, it kind of makes you appreciate why somebody can justify going, right, I'm going to fire that up and I'm just going to change that, use that track as a template and do something similar. Um, so it's almost like you can't, you can't sit there and moan about somebody being formulaic in their approach to making music unless you were really going to hammer their tunes. Yeah, completely. I guess is what I'm saying with that. Yeah, yeah, it's, um, yeah, I mean, you've, you've said everything that needs to be said really in terms of 
it's a minefield. But um, yeah, I just wanted to kind of raise it really as a as a as a, a thought provoking topic piece. So hopefully, hopefully it's done well, that. We would love to hear what you think if you fancy it. Uh, drop us an email at feedback at in the uk garage.com. I would would be very eager to to hear the thoughts of our listeners. And curiously, just being that we're we're moving into the festive season, because I did mention it on the last podcast, I noticed that we did have some interaction, but nobody addressed my question about why it's acceptable to make Halloween bootlegs, but I get frowned upon when I make my annual festive tune. Uh, And yeah, I've just done that as a deliberate segue to mention the fact that obviously I've got a new one out at the moment, which I would really like you to go and check out because it's a subtle Christmas take. Uh, But yeah, if somebody wants to feed back on that conversation, because I'm still I'm still not following the the link here, why it's acceptable to go and do 10 fucking Halloween remixes. Yeah, I get shit in my ear because I did another Christmas (laughs) And it's not like, do you know know what pissed me off? Somebody made a comment to me about it the other day about a fucking Christmas garage. Right. I will go back to my earlier comment where I where I said I reckon I've put out over fifty tracks this year. If I put out fifty tracks and you're gonna fucking moan at me and try and infer that I'm a joke because I put out one Christmas track. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you, go and listen to it. It's even a subtle one as well, deliberately. Do you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go back when we do post production this. I'm gonna overlay my fucking Christmas track over this so you have to listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you're not bitter at all, Rob. That's great, mate. That's great. <laughs> Uh, that's cool I think we can wrap it up there mate we've been running 90 minutes um, we had we had a good old gas so you said we had some feedback we didn't get anything to the email box this week though I don't think right um, I, I've, I've been I've been speaking to Duncan so um, like Duncan like obviously Duncan emailed us last month we talked about that and I've been in touch with him since and we've kind of gone back and forth but I can't remember the, the nature of our, our conversations um, but the, I've I, I, I sometimes, I, I don't know, I get a DM. I, you probably get a DM on social media or whatever, like about a topic that we've discussed or a tune. I'm always getting them. I really should start making a list of what people have said to me so that at times like this when we don't have emails to hand, at least I can go, well, you know. But we, we definitely had some comments on the YouTube channel. Oh, we did. Yeah, were. no, we certainly did. We had, um, we had one from, um, from JIQ. Uh, if I, I can just pull that up now. Um, uh, so on the uh, on the subject of of the Spotify and music discovery, he was saying he was feeling me uh, on how I've got no time for Spotify and have my own OCD way of discovering music and everyone different. <laughs> yeah. um, he says himself he'll rip and download entire YouTube channels of music for old and new and bang them on his iPod Classic, which he's still been using daily since 2011. Like that's dedication, mate. And then go through every single track that he's downloaded one by one and note the ones that he likes, and then the ones that he likes all. Go and download an MP3 from the store. Um, that sounds fucking time-consuming, but props to him for <laughs> committing to that. I, I don't know what I'm more surprised about: the fact he does that, or the fact he's still using an iPod. I, <laughs> that, that's throwing I mean, me. That's I a, didn't even know that was still a thing. That's real kind of <laughs> stuck in your ways, old school way of doing things, mate. And I got to completely appreciate that, JQ, mate. That's um, wow, yeah, awesome. Uh, but and he says he's sure that Spotify is probably more convenient, but he just likes the way that he does it. So you know what? Like everyone's got their own way. He's found his that works for, sure. for him, and and I've found mine that works for me. Um, so yeah, uh, big up for for dropping the comment in. Um, Renoir dropped us a, a little message as well, so uh, we can uh, we can big him up. He said he really enjoyed the the streaming chat, and it's a difficult one. Bunch of positives to be had from online platforms, um, all the different avenues uh, to potentially build a following, and all the possible different revenue streams. Uh, also, the accessibility, as you pointed out. Uh, almost anyone with a computer and a bit of software can learn how to make music and put their stuff into the universe for all to hear. Um, it's great 
And the problem, he thinks, um, is that there's just too much. Too many platforms, too many artists, yeah. too much art. Um, so I think that's, that's spot on. Yeah. So he says, not, uh, not that any of those are particularly bad things, but as an artist, it's easy to, to, to find it all a bit overwhelming or just straight up deflating uh, because it's so diluting. So if you're not so hot on the socials, you'll get next to nowhere uh, and it gets exhausting. So uh, the, yeah. the, the sheer amount of in, insanely great music uh, that doesn't get his fair share of ears is just really sad. Um, and he gets that that's nothing new. I mean, he, you know, it's echoing a lot of the stuff you're saying there. Yeah. Yeah. The social thing particularly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I had, um, I had a, a text from BWK actually when he listened to the last episode, basically saying to me, and, and all made in good spirits, so, so I'm not, I'm not moaning about it, but just basically saying um, he was kind of with you in terms of the streaming thing. And just basically saying you have to accept that you're not going to make any money from this. I mean, obviously it doesn't boil down to money entirely, but that does form part of the argument. You just have to accept you're not going to make any money from this and anything nice that comes out of it is a positive. But, except what you're saying there, it's bullshit. You shouldn't have to. Like you, you mentioned on the last podcast, you know, oh, if you're making music, your focus should be on going do, doing live shows. Yeah, I see your point, but it shouldn't have to be that way is the point, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? And, and I think I've been following that, that, that thread because obviously Scott Diaz's uh, Facebook status is what prompted us to talk about it. I've been following it and he, and he rightly posted up recently, what if I am... Uh, I don't think he used this exact example, but something to this effect. What if I am a single mother who makes music and I make really good music and I want to sell it, but I'm not in a position where I can go out and do gigs because I've got a kid at home that I've got to look after? Why should I have to accept, well, you, you only make music, if you only make money from music if you're doing live shows? It, that shouldn't be the way. I think that's what I was trying to, trying to highlight on, on our, in our streaming conversation. It's, yeah, this is the way that it is, but it shouldn't be the way that it is. And I think that's the reason why Scott is taking that standing principle and going, do you know what, I'm going to pull my stuff from streaming services because the, the, the music industry and the way it's set up, it shouldn't be that you've got to be 18 with no fucking responsibilities, living with your parents um, so that you can make music. It doesn't matter that you don't make anything out of it because actually you're going to go and chase bookings and festival gigs and stuff. You, the pie should be sliced evenly and more fairly, you know, and it goes right back to Silicon Valley with these companies like Deezer and Spotify, if they're fucking paying, remunerating everyone fairly from the get-go, then there's more money to go around. The, the, the CEO of Spotify, who's worth 40 billion or whatever, without ever having actually made a tune, should, doesn't need to be worth that much money, is my point. They've got a, a viable business model here that they can now go, do you know what, when we, were setting, when we set up, we couldn't afford to pay everyone X amount, but we're now making however many hundred billions of dollars a year in revenue and therefore we should look to start remunerating across the board more fairly. I mean, that feeds back into what you were just saying from Renoir. There, there are so many people that they would then have to remunerate that how would they do that? I'm just convinced there is a more fair way to do it. And ultimately, it's greed at the top level that's fucking the rest of us in the arse because you end up with a situation where you've got people like Adele, Calvin Harris, Rihanna, these big names who are making fucking millions. Like, what was Calvin Harris worth now? Like 55 million or something? Uh, I think his net worth's higher than that. I think that was his annual earnings one year. You've got people like him. How the fuck is he making 50 million in a year? And yet I put out 50 releases in a year and make pennies. Do you know what I mean? It's bullshit and it's not the way it should be. And that's, I, I, that's all I'm going to say on the matter because right. I can feel myself ranting again. Yeah, I, 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 I'm not going to tread the old ground. I think we talked about it a lot in the, uh, on the last episode. And it's, I'm glad that you're passionate about it and I hope you find a way. Um, but yeah. I'm glad that we got some feedback from it as well. Com Big up everyone. Completely, yeah. Because it's, 
it's, it's cool. Thank, it's cool. Yeah, thanks for very much. Thanks for Jaiku. Thanks for everyone that dropped comments on the on the YouTube video. Um, oh, we even we even had CJ listen back, um, which was good. We did, we did. Yeah, top man. And uh, and yeah, and he's he's kind of he was he was just talking about how he's put it on the shelf, and he's now working on Panda on the bamboo tree, which is completely different to his CJ yeah. alias. So big up CJ. Um, thanks for for listening back, and I'm glad you uh, was happy with us gushing over your tunes. Um, as I'm glad do. you name dropped his new project. I was going to say we have to make a point of I think you know being that he took the time out to to shout us to at least point people in the direction of his new project. I had listened to some of it and it's cool. It's very, very different, but it's maintains that higher caliber. You know, he's obviously a, a skilled guy, so you can hear that in the in the new sounds. Yeah. Cool. So yeah, if you want to uh, interact with us again, you can drop a comment on whatever platform you're listening to this on if it has the ability and we will read it. Uh Instagram us or just send us a old school fuddy duddy email uh, feedback at in the UK if you still use email, it probably sounds like fax to you now if you're some sort of, <laughs> uh, you know, Zoomer or whatever it is. Um, I think, I think we're, we're good there, mate. As, uh, thanks, for, thanks again, as always, for spending time good, with me, mate. mate. It's always a pleasure. Do you know what? It makes me sound really sad, but it's one of the highlights of my month. And I'm not just blowing smoke out your ass saying it, man. I do, you know, I love, I love Garage. I love, I love listening to the, the new stuff and, you know, what's better than that? Hey, I got no-, no alcohol involved this month, mind you. Oh, I was drinking <laughs> drinking solid coffee, mate. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, keeping it keeping it fresh. I guess I don't know. Um, yeah, I say it's um, yeah, great to catch up as always, mate. And uh, and I guess the, ne- the next one's going to be the Christmas special. I was going to say we need to highlight for our, our loyal listener base here that we will be back in a few weeks' time with a special festive edition. So uh, don't rule us out in the run up to Christmas. I know you're all busy getting plans sorted, but. You know, we'd have something special lined up. Yeah, we don't know what that is yet, but it's going to be good, right? <laughs> We've got some ideas. We've got some ideas. Um, well, I'm just praying that you don't let me down like you did on Halloween. Like, you know, uh, as long as you're dressed accordingly or we have something festive visual-wise going on, otherwise the YouTube channel is going to be screaming, man. Uh, I mean, yeah, I say you'll get at least a Santa hat. I, I can definitely promise you that, mate. I can, I can live with that. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, I guess, um, I guess we'll catch you next time then. Um, Indeed, yeah, mate. big up thanks for listening and uh, until until then later on you get me in the garage with fanatic and brains <laughs>